What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today I am joined by the headliner of Bellator Dublin, Peter Queeley, uh, as he takes on former UFC champion Vincent Henderson uh, atop the, uh, the very good cards. I can't wait for it, to be honest, in, in Dublin here, only a couple of weeks out now. Peter, how are you? I know you're out getting your eye test and things today, getting prepared. This, is, this card, I don't know about you, but it's definitely snuck up on me anyway. It's not far away now. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, how are you feeling uh, a few weeks? Out. Yeah, it snuck up on myself, Sean, to be honest. It felt like they, they announced it about a million years ago, and now all of a sudden it's here. So, um, yeah, but I'm feeling good. Yeah, I was just getting my eye tests, part of my medicals and stuff done there earlier. Um, so I can still see. I'll be there. The perfect. That's, I think that's uh, it's needed anyway. <laughs> Do you know what? If you couldn't see it, it'd be, it'd be bad. But uh, come here to you. I want the first thing I want to ask you. I saw you put up an Instagram post the other day about like your early days in MMA and you know, uh, you know, sleeping in your cousin's apartment and then sleeping in the car the odd time and Artem taking you for dinner and all. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, and obviously, you know, coming to where you are now, top the card, fighting a former UFC champion, Ben Sanderson, a massive name. Tell us a little bit about those early days and how tough it actually was to get to where you are right now. Yeah, well, first of all, if, you, if you'd have told me in those days that I'd be fighting Benson in the tree arena and I'd probably be more popular than him and all this, I would, I would have laughed at you, you know? So it's, it's, I'm proud of myself. It's been a long journey and a good one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really tough because I, um, I, I moved up to Dublin I didn't move to Dublin. My, my first experience with SBG was I was, I was training just for Connor um, on my own. I'd go up and spar with Connor just in the gym on our own. Um, and then when I, I experienced how good he was, I was like, oh my God, I need to change gyms. I need to train here. Um, so that was it then. So then I packed up my belongings and I moved up to Dublin. And I was staying, I was lucky. My cousin, um, he's actually an actor on Fair City. He plays Dean on Fair City, if you, if you no watch this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I never knew you so he, he lived family. in Dublin. <laughs> he lived in Cork Street, a little ratty apartment in Cork Street. Um, so I used to stay there with him, uh, like sleeping tops and tails in his bed with him. Um, you know, he was an MMA fan. He was like happy to help me and stuff. So I was really lucky. Uh, and that was that was the start of it when I moved up. But then when his girlfriend w- would stay over on nights, I'd get kicked out, and I would just sleep outside the gym in my car. So um, and I remember it was so an oh man in the winter time. I used to have a big duvet in my little Renault Megane, and I was tucked up inside with pillows and all. But like, if you ever slept in a car, Sean, you think you're going to be grand, but like, it's not good. You're always freezing, and you can never stretch out. So you're always, you take, when you, when you actually lie down, you're like, oh, this is grand, this is comfy. You're kind of lying back in the seat. But then you wake up an hour later and you're just in bits. So, so that's, that's, that's how it used to be every night. Um, and then I would just get up in the morning and I, and I drive over. There was a little cafe beside the gym called the Farmhouse Cafe. And I'd go over there and get my breakfast and then go into the gym and train all day. And then hopefully, you know, I'd be able to stay at Mike's house that night then and get a break from the car or whatever. So that was the early days. So it was hard going. But, you know, the free dinners for Artem as well must have been good in the middle of yeah, the Yeah, at the time that Artem used to work in, in Bank of America. And um, he was just at the finish in his finance degree. So he had money. So, but, but, so he used to train during the daytime on, at the pro session because he was working. So he used to ask me, would I come in and spar him again at nighttime? So I, now I wanted to spar him anyway. Um, but it was good because he used to bring me for dinner afterwards and, and feed me then. So, so it was good. <laughs> 
<laughs> what, what do you think like the obviously your your generation I, like obviously you were, were coming up with the likes of you know Connor and Artem and all of that and maybe your prime was obviously a little bit after you know the, the likes of Pindred and Artem and, and all of them and you were obviously headlining cards now but you were still part of that generation that came up that had you know the, the famous words that Connor had in the pot to piss in I, I was looking at it, there was an amateur fight on the other day and there was one fighter that had you know they were sponsored by Richie Smullen and they had another sponsor and sponsors <laughs> all over the place they, I don't think them lads are sleeping in their car or you know being brought out to dinner maybe Richie's giving him some chicken nuggets and stuff like that but what? maybe that's the deal maybe he's getting fed chicken <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it maybe that's it yeah. I, I would have liked that deal back then. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll take that one now if anyone's thrown it but <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the difference is like do you think it's uh, like do you think it's better or worse now for the fighters because that toughening definitely helped you to get where you are and Artem and the, like, and the other lads as well um yeah, it's it, those struggles don't seem to be there anymore in SPG because number one, John has dorms now in the gym. So a lot of those guys, they sleep in the dorms whereas that wasn't there at my time. But I don't regret it. It was, you know, you either want this, you don't. And if you go to those lengths to get it, it, it can only stand to your kind of mentality and things and toughen you up. And, you know, when the hard times are never that hard when you're, kind of going through hard times and hardship like that all the time. So it mentally conditions you for those big setbacks you're going to get in MMA when you take a big loss or whatever it is and you see lads quitting and, and stopping fighting and stuff, but that never really happened to me. So maybe that was why. Maybe I was just kind of beaten down already. <laughs> I didn't notice it as much. I think like it's funny though, to think about this kind of the second generation of Irish MMA and you know you kind of go between the first and second I suppose a little bit but like there, there's been obviously you know we Connor in the first generation so it's hard to overtake that or even get close to it but you know you've had the obviously the, the massive fight against Patricky beat him obviously the title fight then and this then this massive fight as well and we've had some other you know big fights as well some Irish fighters have won Cage Warriors titles and FEN titles and you know France has done great things and Combachi and Palahan and other people as well you know and obviously Richard Kiley the massive fight against MVP but do you feel like there's like there's still a little bit to prove maybe from the second generation of the Irish. I mean, that Maybe that big, massive signature win kind of hasn't come yet. You know, James has threatened a few times, you've threatened a few times. Although the, the Patricky one, you know, arguably you have the biggest out of all of them. Do you still think that's yeah. coming? Like, And you obviously have a massive opportunity to do it right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, I would, I would still consider myself kind of the first generation, but I'm just the only one that's left. That's why <laughs> that's I kind of blur the lines, I think. <laughs> so but I, I still kind of am. I, I used, when I started, I was in with Cahill, Chris Fields, Ash, Connor, Roddy was still fighting. It was like, oh, that wasn't, they were my kind of stable mates when I started. So um, I think I'm still kind of there, but it's just, I'm the only one left now, really. Connor's left as well. He's not as active anymore, but he's, he's still there, obviously, as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, but I think this this could be the big win. Beating Benson, beating the former lightweight, lightweight champion of the world in the UFC and all he's accomplished. I think I think you're right. I do have the biggest kind of win currently outside of those guys. Um, but this one would, would probably be bigger, even though Patricky is the champion now. This one somehow still feels bigger. So it's um, I'm really looking forward to it. 100% for your, your career like so, sometimes obviously probably aspiration coming up for you and a lot of guys was to go to the UFC and a few years ago that changed an awful lot for especially SVG fighters but for Irish fighters as well with the opportunities of Bellator coming through it's funny up on on the Severe Mayo website we still have the draft Peter Queeley signs for the UFC because you almost signed for the UFC that one time do you feel like yeah well I technically did yeah I, in, um, when um, when when Connor fought 
Nate the second time, I, I basically signed uh, to fight Tim Means um, over there. But then my the visa, they couldn't... Um, you remember this? You probably yeah, remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The draft um, is still there. I posted out. <laughs> yeah, oh man, it was like... Oh, that was so crazy. I was so... Oh, that was that was such heartbreaking. You know, because I was told... I was literally... Oh, rang me. He was like, that's it. You're fighting Tim Means. He goes, that's it. You're fighting him. And I was like, holy shit. And then a few days went by of this happening. And then, then the call came in. No, you're not fighting him. That's it. No visa. No fight. Can't... Because they were supposed to... I was supposed to, like... Um, they were going to get me to fly to Canada or something. And apply for a visa in Canada because you have to do it outside of the US or something and then come back. But then they basically decided that, no, it's too much, it's too risky that the, the timelines of me getting it, basically that the processing time was too close to the fight and it was just safe for them, for them to go with an American guy that, that had a visa, basically. So yeah. that, that was what happened there. So well, it was a kind of a blessing in disguise for you, the way things have gone in Bellator, you know, headlining cards, fighting for titles and everything like that. Because like in UFC, with all due respect, like it's very tough in the UFC to get to the very top, to get the headlining cards. Mm-hmm. Well, with Bellator, yeah. you've had a great time. Do you, do, if you, I know you probably haven't reflected on it in that way, but if you are to reflect on it, is it a bit of a blessing in disguise? Yeah, perhaps. Like for, for all those reasons you said there, and also I, that was welterweight at the time. I was... um. I was lightweight starting off my career. I was like, oh, fuck this, basically. And I started fighting welterweight. And I was doing very well at welterweight. But to be honest, I'm not stupid. I'm not a top welterweight. I wouldn't be able to compete with the top guys. They're too big. Um, But at that time, I was fighting guys, you know, that I was much better than skill-wise on the kind of regional scene. I was winning fights. But I think, you know, at top level fighting at welterweight, I wouldn't do very well. So I probably would have went into that Tim Means fight who knows, maybe won it, maybe not, maybe got embarrassed in it, who knows, because of the size, because he's massive. I remember I met him at the, at the Wayans then, I was like, oh my God, how big he was, I couldn't believe it, I was so small beside him. And Because um, obviously we, we kind of knew each other then, and he came up and he shook my hand or whatever, but there, he was so big. So perhaps our blessing in disguise for that for that reason as well, that, that um, you know, I had time then to kind of rediscover that I can make lightweight and that's my natural weight class. So for that reason, it's it's definitely kind of a blessing in disguise too. How, how big was that in lightweight? Because obviously before, you you know, you were taking lots of fights, lots of fights in short notice and stuff. It was hard to get fights. You know, obviously with Bellator putting on, you know, we, we kind of know the, the two cards a year and then maybe you get on a card somewhere else. How good has that been to have kind of that knowledge that you know you're going to get those constant fights and you can fight down a lightweight and you can, you know, you can prosper at that weight? Ah, uh, yeah, it's really good because I... Um, before then, you remember, like when I was, I used to be taking fights on quite short notice, like literally a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. And that's just, but that's that's kind of what you have to do, I think, at, at that at that stage of your career. And a lot of guys aren't willing to do that, and that's why you see some lads are a bit inactive. But you kind of, I think, you have to do that. And if you believe in your skill level, you should do that. Um, because you're either good enough, or you're not. You know what I mean? There's no point in. Yeah, I've seen a few kind of shady kind of bit of matchmaking there recently as well lads fighting these really crappy guys but no one prospers from this because number one no one cares that you beat an own five guy or four guy or six guy or whatever it was and also you don't you don't um evolve either because you know the guy's shit you don't train that hard and also even when you do beat him you don't gain any confidence because you know he was crap so it's like it's such a waste of time i don't know why why guys do this um, now there's probably a smarter way to do it than how I did it but you know you have to kind of it's a fine line you know it's so 
I've been talking a lot recently about like the amateur scene, obviously with the IMFs coming up, and you're doing coaching. I saw you, you know, in the corner of a few, a few of the amateur guys and uh, and guys rising through the ranks. What as as you're kind of building them, as you're like their head coach, what is the advice you give them? Because there's a very you, you go to the IMFs and you have you know maybe the three fights in a week and it's great and all, but maybe you don't have that experience of the Saturday night fight night where it's you know you're you're preparing them for pro. It's going to be like that as a pro. Where where do you kind of you know draw the line between those two aspects of the amateur game, but also about going pro? Like how many amateur fights do you think people should be having? Because like let's be honest, there's only a certain amount of a body a fighter can give up, and you don't want to be giving yeah. it all away as an amateur, like. Yeah, so the first part of your question there, in terms of the IMAF and all that kind of stuff, I always say the same thing to my lads, that you should do it, but just treat it like fun almost. Don't prepare to win it. Don't, don't change your training to win this, because it's not real MMA, in my opinion. It's, it's the, the, the length of the rounds and the rule set and the tournament format. Guys fight in a different way when you're doing that. And I don't think that, that style translates to pro. So I think it's a mistake for guys to really put all their eggs in one basket and try and prepare to win this tournament, um, in my opinion. But I think it's good to do it because you rack up so much experience. But you should just do it. Go in, do your style, have fun, get the experience. If you win, you win. Great. If you lose, you lose. The, the experience is there. That's what I always... Like Conor McCarthy is going to do it now in September. And that's what I've told him. You know, don't, don't change your style. Don't change your training. Don't do anything. Because he is a perfect style for pro. He's, he's being groomed for pro. And, he should, and that's what he wants. So he shouldn't put all that on the, on the, on the back burner to, to win some tournament that's not going to really help his style in pro, you know. So um, that's kind of how I feel about, about that. So it's... Um, and what was the second part of the question then? How long should you stay as an amateur before you go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing then with Connor. I'm actually having that conversation with him now as well. He he's had seven fights now, um, and it's just it's hard to know because, like you said, like he's had a few hard fights where there's, they've been clattering and banging and and are, you know, and it's it's hard to know how long you should stay here and because all experience is great, but who knows? Maybe you get an injury then, you break a hand or you do something because bloody hell, those amateur fights sometimes like because of the length of the rounds. They are fucking going hammer and tongs um, at each other sometimes. Like he had a fight there up in that Oye War. Um, can't remember the chap's name now. Um, he was one of um, Ben Davis's guys. If you remember him, he was from Galway. Um, but my God, the two of them, Jesus Christ, it was like, they, they're both hard punchers and they were going at it. Because you know, the rounds promote that. It's like that bare knuckle, but it's two minute rounds. It's just like, whirlwind and I think the amateur is kind of the same sometimes um, so I think injuries can you can get injuries there and stuff but I think I think Connor is ready for pro now after seven fights so if that answers your question some bit I think that's he's gained a lot of experience in seven fights he could easily go pro now um, you know he spars a lot of pros does very well um, so you know it depends on the athlete I guess as well but yeah. you know I think five, six, seven fights is, is plenty um, I wouldn't go over 10, to be honest. Like He'd probably do this tournament now and then talk of pro will happen, I think, to be honest. So that'd probably bring him up to about 10 fights. Yeah. So that's probably a 
good number, you know. Uh, watching the Irish Championships this year, like there were fights, like you said there, where it was just kind of hell for leather because of the short rounds. I think there were three minute rounds and that. But there was also yeah. a lot of like wrestling where a lad just kind of push a guy against the cage. He might stay there for two minutes. And like, kind of what experience you gain in that? It feels like I was talking to someone about it the other day that like you can gain kind of that experience in, in the gym almost, you know, where you're. Yeah, you can. You're, 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 I don't know. Is there a rule set you think that could, it could be changed? Maybe five minute rounds. And I know it's tough when you're kind of learning and coming up. Up. But if I, I just know watching him, it was great. The Irish championships, I think, were a whirlwind success, and they'll get better and better. But it feels like that kind of that wrestling thing in over five minutes or something. Okay, you can get held down for two minutes, or like you against Patricky, you know, you can land a few elbows from the bottom, which you obviously can't in the amateurs as well. Yeah. Then you can get up, maybe win the next three minutes, and the fight's over. It's very hard to win a fight in a minute. Do you think that's maybe yeah. something that needs to change? Obviously, coaching a lot of the amateurs coming up. Yeah, I've given this some thought. Like, number one, the, the amateur, amateur diamond thing is totally tailored towards wrestlers and grapplers. So I always say to lads, don't be getting too disheartened if you're not winning this. It favours the these kind of wrestler dudes, really, because they just have to come in, grab you, hold you, burn up two minutes at the clock, and they're probably going to win the round. Um, also, the shin pads, the gloves, no elbows, no knees to the head, the short rounds, all this favours grapplers. So it's that's why it's not really applicable for, for, for pro development I don't think but to answer your question I think now I don't know how you do but I think yeah longer like instead of three three minute rounds have a an eight minute round like maybe not eight minutes that's too long but like even a six minute round and whoever wins then wins because six minutes is enough time to get tired and then you you won't be as willing to kind of hang on to these things and burn your arms out if you know the the rest period isn't coming. Something like this, like maybe, yeah, longer rounds somehow. That 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 kind of um, what that does as well is it, it promotes more like skill based fighting. That's why that bare knuckle has two minute rounds because they want they just want this. They don't want any technique. You know, the shorter the rounds are, you know, if you if you if you put me in with some guy off the street for ten seconds in a fight. He'd probably do all right. He'd fight his life out for 10 seconds, put me in there for 10 minutes with him, what's going to happen with him? Death. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, I know that's an extreme example, but that's kind of the longer round, um, you see skill more in longer rounds. Um, so I think that would be good for the amateurs. It teaches them to kind of manage their gas tank, manage their energy, use skills rather than just rushing in, grabbing guys, holding guys, fighting for their life, trying to get to the bell. Because you do see this a bit in the inexperienced fights where lads are just clinging on. And that's not their fault. They're inexperienced. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to gain experience and they're panicking and things, but then that's fine. But I think a longer round would make you do that. It would make you um, think about your skills a lot more. The last one in this, I just want to... What do you think? What do you think? I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I've had the exact same thing. Like, uh, I think the longer rounds would help because you, it's, it's going to promote lads being able to get back to their feet and it's going to, like... It's, I think there should be the referee should be standing the fights up more as well if you're not doing yeah, it look if you take someone down you're hitting them with big shots and stuff absolutely it's been five minutes there I think in pro MMA as well that should be more but in the amateur side I think it should be more about learning I remember uh, you know John Cavanagh said it a few years ago it's about I'd, I'll send my lads out on a Saturday night to, to have a fight in an amateur fight doesn't matter if they win or lose it's about getting that experience and mm. and I would 100% agree with that and I feel like they're maybe not getting that experience when it's just you know a wrestle fest 
rest for, for three minutes or something like that but it's you know it's evolving all the time and I, you know, I give the lads great credit for what they've done in the Irish Amateur Association and as well with the with the IMAFs as well they're doing a great job but that can obviously evolve uh, kind of as we go uh, come here can I, the last they, thing on this go on they should do what um, just reminding me of something they should do with that uh, did you see this AMC fight, the one I used to fight with fight nights they, they're called oh, yeah. AMC fight nights now have you seen what they're yeah, doing they stand it up after 50 seconds or something, <laughs> or something like that your hand got it's knocked clean out rule. oh yeah no matter what's happening you get stood up after that's the job <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. There'll be a lot of lads having with that. There'll be a lot of lads with that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, great. didn't constant have that rule when I was there. <laughs> oh God, Jesus. Oh, yeah, there was plenty of him. Who, who's if you had to pick out one guy? I remember. Uh, I think Ariel asked Brian Stand this a few years ago, and he picked out Shemayev. So you have a lot to live up to here. But if you had to pick out one guy, you know, you know, Conor McCarthy's coming through at your gym, but SPG or whatever, maybe a new pro coming through. If there's someone you think this is the beast in the gym, this is the one that's you know getting on top of everyone. Else, this is one that's going to be a star. Is there any name that's sticking out to you as the person who could be that next? That that's a very easy one. That's that's a sailor Jude in our gym. Brilliant, yeah, a, a complete monster. Just thank God I'll be retired when he's at the stage where you know I can I could fight him or something. He's an absolute animal. Very very good striker, um, and he's only with us a few years, but he's already becoming just like um, good grappling, not like. Amazing, amazing jiu-jitsu or whatever, but he's so difficult to take down and keep down. And um, and just the work rate is just insane as well. You know, he's just going to get, he's going to become whatever he wants to be, basically, as long as he can stay injury-free. Injury free. So that's an easy one. Nice. I, I, yeah, I've seen, obviously, he's fought Bellator a couple of times. That, now, it's stuck to pros there. You, you asked for a young pro. Okay. So stuck yeah. with that. Who's the amateur? So, Connor? An amateur will be Connor. Okay. Okay. We, we'll get those two. We'll look back at them in a few years and we'll see. Uh, <laughs> come here. How do you reflect on, on the two Patricky fights? Because, you know, obviously, you know, you got the win in the first one and it was, it felt like the win was kind of taken away from you a little bit, the way people reacted to it. And it was mm. a fair win. You hit him with elbows and the doctor stopped the fight. That's a fair way to win a fight. Like, there's no problem with that. And obviously, the second one didn't, get, didn't go your way. I thought it was very odd afterwards. You know, you're one and one. And there was no talk of a rematch or anything like that. It was a massive event, a massive reaction. Just all felt a little bit weird to me. How, how did you kind of reflect on it afterwards, thinking back about it? Yeah, I agree with what you said there. I was just really disappointed because I know I can beat him. I just I made a mistake in that one. I kind of um, I put the foot on the gas a bit too soon, I think. I got a bit too comfortable and I started going for it. My plan in that fight was to just bide my time, let him punch himself out a bit, and then just drown him, basically, just because I can do that to him. I know it, that's what I did to him in the last one. Um, you know, he was fatiguing badly in the first one. Um, and I would have, I, I totally believe I would have KO'd him stiff, to be honest. Not stiff, but I would have stopped him with, with strikes in the third round, I'm, I'm sure. But he was getting really tired, of, you know. And I, I felt like that was the blueprint for this one as well. Just let him, just keep the guard up and let him do what he wants because he's, carries tremendous power and you have to be very careful with him and I was doing that for the first round and then I kind of felt like he's gone already I could, and, then he, and even when he, when he when he asked for that stoppage for the eye poke I don't think there even was really much of an eye poke and you know he, he's done this he did this in our first fight as well he tried to stop for an eye poke when, he, when I didn't poke him I think he does this for a rest sometimes to be honest um, so when he did that then I was like he's tired he's ready to go now so I started you remember I started like twitching and kind of push, putting the pressure on him and really coming after him and I lunged in with a jab the one thing I told myself that I wouldn't do 
And then, bang, he's so bloody good and so powerful and he just caught me so nice. Um, so I was just really disappointed with how I, you know, let myself down with that. Um, I felt like I made a mistake and he totally capitalised on it. And good for him, you know, but I was, I was so disappointed. But yeah, you know, yeah, they did. I, I was disappointed with how they kind of didn't really, um, you know, play up the rematch again or whatever. I think that could have been done. But then again, there's a bit of a backlog there at Lightweight. There's a lot of good guys there at Lightweight too. So they deserve their shot as well. So, um, you know, you can't get too mad at these things. You just have to go off and lick your wounds and try win again and try come back. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose, like, the perfect guy to come back against is, is Vincent Anderson. You know, arguably, if not the biggest name in Bellator, one of them will, you know, probably achieve more than, you know, most people in the world in, in MMA. And if you win that one, surely you'll be right back in that conversation again. How do you look forward to that fight? I, I spoke to Vincent a few weeks ago, and he was very complimentary of you as well. And, you know, obviously he's fought in Ireland before and, and has, you know, obviously seen your fight against Patricky. He was very complimentary about that as well. You know, how do, how do you look forward to that fight? Like, Vincent is... You know, he's not the type of guy who tires out. You know, he's the type of guy who keeps going all the time. It'll have to be a very different uh, game plan for for him versus Patricky, I suppose. And uh, give us give us maybe an insight on how you, how you look at him as, as a fighter. Ah, yeah, like well, you know, I'll say what I said at the start of the interview. You know, if you told me I'd be fighting Benson back when I was sleeping in my car, I would have just laughed. I would have laughed at you. It was like just such an absurd thought at the time. Do you know what I mean? So, um. You know, I'm very proud of myself to be in this position fighting him, number one. I've always respected him, always been a fan of him. You can't not be that. Um, anyone who says they're not is just whatever, I don't know what's wrong with them. So it's a, it's a fight I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, I respect him. And again, it's, I know what it's going to be. I know it's going to be very hard. This is not going to be easy. But I'm ready for I'm ready for hard. I like hard. So, um, you know, it's going to be good. Again, it is. It's a very different style. I've, I've been preparing for Patricky for... Two years nearly doing this kind of a, and this is he's polar opposites to Patricky really in, in many ways. So there's there's a lot of adjusting in, in the style I'll have to bring to this fight. Um, but with that said, I I know I can beat him. You know I can I know I can beat him. He's he's blood and bones like every other man, and I can get him. Well, a last couple of things here. I appreciate the time very much, Peter. To be headlining again, you know, it's it's massive and that, you know, the walkout song with the great Limerick voice coming out, it's absolutely fantastic to always hear. How, how much does that mean to you? Now, reflect on the first question I asked you again about coming from, you know, sleeping in your car, training, you know, thinking, you know, maybe to get a first pro fight, to get to, to, to you know, to, to 10 fights, maybe to get to a big organisation, to now be headlining, but not just be headlining, headlining in your own home country, headlining with all those fans behind you. You saw, like, the, the commentary for the last walkout was just unbelievable, one of the best ever. How, how amazing is that for you to, you know, not only have that in the past, but have that coming up here again in a few weeks? Ah, it's just, it's... It's like that Instagram post I put up that you mentioned. It's just, I just pinch myself sometimes when I, when I think of where I am and you know, even the sponsors I have and things. It's so weird, Monster Energy and all this kind of like, it's so crazy. Like I would have never believed this if you, if you have told me this. It's, it's, it's so like a dream. Um, and I count myself very lucky every day, you know, and that's what kind of motivates me to keep training hard and, you know, hold on to this now. It's not going to last forever. Not many people get it in the first place. And you need to treat this for what it is. And that's what I'm doing. But to answer your question about the walkout and, and, it, and how cool has it been on top of a poster over Yola Romero? 
as well. That's unbelievable. You know? I can't wait to just see you all. Well. Never mind being the poster and that. Like, it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Because when 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 that when those fights were getting made, I wasn't sure I was going to be uh, main event or not. They hadn't told me. They just said I was fighting Benson, but they said Yoel is on the card as well and James. Oh yeah, so you, I, like, I remember you told us it was going to be uh, James Gallagher versus Sergio Pettis that time. Didn't you? Send us one I thing. Didn't say, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was me to be <laughs> We put words in my mouth. <laughs> you hinted that, you hinted. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah. Not. I just ran with it. Yeah, it was all me to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so with uh, when when those three fights were announced, I was like, well fuck, those any of those fights could be the main event. I was like, so who knows what this is gonna be? Um and then I remember I was actually over doing that uh broadcast thing for the London show with BBC or whatever and Mike rang me Mike Hogan and he was like your main event and I was like fucking yes I was like this is so cool because I, I knew what this means now like and I'm going to be on the top of the poster in front of all these great fighters you know and that's 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 amazing you know it's it's so cool and it's, it makes me feel very good and very um, appreciated as well that you're being taught of like that that yeah you can you, you, you're the main event you are the most whatever you're, you're the guy there to, to do the job for that so that's uh, just brilliant. I'm just, uh, I'm just so happy. You know, it's amazing. It's I can't really say any more than that. Five five minute rounds again now as well with the non-title fights in Bellator. So that's, uh, I suppose, another part of it as well. It's, you know, the suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, but that 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 I think that, that I think suits me and Benson as well. Maybe that was maybe that was brought into their thought process as well. That maybe they expect me and Benson to have a kind of a barn burner or something for over the five rounds. Or something. I think the two of us are suited. To, I actually prefer fighting five rounds to be honest. Um, I think the fight kind of is more natural over five rounds you kind of just come in and fight you've a, you've a lot of time where sometimes the three rounds you're like you have to win the first round because you have to get money in the bank And because if you don't then you're kind of under pressure to win the next two rounds and you kind of fight differently I think when it's three rounds um, whereas five rounds you just fight you know you've got like 25 minutes is a very long time to be in a ring with another man fighting so it's like you, 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 you know, it's a natural kind of a thing then when you're when it's that long. Is it is it a bit easier to game plan too? Like as you said, you know, you get one round in, maybe take one punch, and your game plan is out the door because you need to win the next two, and you have to win them. Is it a bit easier yeah. to game plan for five rounds in terms of what you want to do? If, like you said against Patrick, you want a longer game plan. That's something it's harder to do over three, I'd imagine. Yeah, like that suited me when I fought Patricky the second time. That's why I was so confident. I was like, I just beat him over three rounds. How, what hope does he ever beat me over five? Because, like, I'm the cardio guy and he's the guy that fades. But whatever, I, I sound like I'm kind of ragging on Patricky. He's amazing, whatever. He KO'd me or whatever. Good for him or whatever. But like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. It suits me. Um, so it does. It, it kind of, um, it, it definitely, uh, you can, it's not that you can game plan better. You can let your game plan unfold at a natural rate. You're not trying to force this game plan, if that makes sense. You kind of just have a game plan in mind. And you can just let it unfold then. You have a lot of time. You know, the, the, the fight is a bit slower paced and it just kind of unfolds more naturally. Um, and I think it makes for better fights, more ebbs and flows and kind of more exciting fights as well when they're five rounds too. So it was a great move Bellator doing that. They should have done that a, a long time ago, I think, to be honest. Um, you, know, you know, you just have to be careful what you put as the main event. You don't want to put you know, two guys that will maybe tire or something is the main event, then it can get a bit ugly when you see two heavyweights gassed at the three, three rounds or whatever, and it's kind of, you know, 
Yeah, or when it's six o'clock in the morning here in Ireland, and we, <laughs> I'm like praying for three rounds in. <laughs> anyway, Peter, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the time. Uh, I'll be seeing you again, I suppose, in a couple of weeks. Anyway, above in Dublin, and and best luck in the fight against Vincent Anderson. You know, he taught me a few weeks ago. He's planning on because his last fight against Miles Jory wasn't the best fight in Ireland. He's he said at the time he wants to make his next trip to Ireland an even better one, and you're saying the same thing. So I'm sure it'll be a fantastic fight, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thanks very much for the time today, Peter. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, Sean.